Hello and welcome to the Green Circle, a podcast series brought to you by Nigeria Christie Hub. I am your host, Uchi Ronald. Every week we bring the analysis on topical issues around renewable energy. The Nigerian renewable energy space has witnessed some growth in the past couple of years, even though this growth has been restricted to solar grid solutions. Access to finance and government policies, such as the increased value-added tax and import duty applicable to solar components, constitute a major barrier to accelerating renewable energy solutions. The Renewable Energy Association of Nigeria, RIAN, in its bid to promote the growth of renewable energy, aims to solve some of these challenges. Mr. Sheikh Nadaj is the president of the Renewable Energy Association of Nigeria. Today, he will be discussing with us RIAN's role in consolidating renewable energy growth in Nigeria. Welcome to the show, Mr. Daju, and congratulations on your re-election. Thank you so much. Mr. Daju, you've been the association's president since inception in November 2016. What would you say have been your biggest achievements so far? All right, thank you. Um, and thank, and it's a pleasure to be on this platform. Um, so far, I can say we've been able to make RIAN, that's the Renewable Energy Association of Nigeria, as a leading industry association and industry voice. Um, around the renewable energy technologies in Nigeria. Prior to the start of RIAN, um, the industry was um, disjointed uh, um, with respect to the the players. Uh, There was no central focal point for us to advocate, to make this happen for the sector. But since we started RIAN in November 2016, we've really had a platform where we can uh, make our views known contribute to policy framework, and then ensure that projects are actually done. So that has been a major achievement um, for RIAN. Today, we have over 108 members cutting across five technologies. And it's been interesting that we've engaged in the formulation of several policies like uh, the mini-grid policy. And um, our members are principally dominating the sector of uh, mini-grid, the IMRs, integrated uh, mini-grid sector, um, and the off-grid space. So that's been the success so far. You run on a mandate of consolidation. What does this mean for your administration going forward? Right. So um, we have taken a look at what we have been able to achieve so far. Although some progress has been made, but we know that we still have um, a long way to go. So what we want to do is to build on the little achievement that we had um, in these few years and then achieve more. For example, we are consolidating on the number of members that we've had and the impact that we have in that sector. Uh, we're trying to see how we can achieve more mileage in the policy space uh, to ensure that policies like the VAT and the subsidy has actually um, we pass over all this. So consolidating on the little achievement, advocacy, policy framework, setting standards for the sector has, is, is going to be a major outlook for the next two years, uh, up to 2022, for the current school of RIA. You recently got appointed into a power planning committee by the government. Can you shed some light on what your activities in this committee are? We, I mean, I have the privilege of being appointed into one of the technical working groups under the Ministry of Finance, Budget, and National Planning. And basically, this technical working group that I'm part of, which is the Power and Alternative Energy Work Group, should be one of the over 20 work groups that have been created by the ministry. Uh, the main role is to develop what we call the medium-term National Development Plan 2021 to 2025, and also the Nigeria Agenda 2050. These are development plans that are very critical to the, the development of Nigeria, especially as we approach um, year 2030. And you know, by the Sustainable Energy for All, this is the 
decade that nobody should be left behind. Okay, so these um, working groups comprising of experts, technocrats, people who have shown their capacity, especially from the private sector, is to develop a framework for Nigeria in various sectors. So my role principally is to ensure we shape the power, especially the alternative energy you know, sector, uh, by ensuring renewables pay, plays a major role in the generation of power for Nigeria, uh, especially in the next 10 years and beyond, up to 2050. For example, Nigeria plans to achieve... Um, what we call Vision 30-30-30, meaning that 30 gigawatts of energy by year 2030, 30% of which will be renewables. But for us in Rian, our one is 40% minimum. So if you're going to do 30,000 megawatts by year 2030, a minimum of 40% of it should come from renewable energy. So that's what my role in this sect, uh, technical working group is, to ensure that renewables is very prominent and take a major role in powering Nigeria. Oh, okay. You mentioned earlier, as part of your consultation plans, your efforts to remove the import duty on solar components. Are we going to see a change in this policy soon? Okay, thank you. So um, we've made concerted efforts, um, strong advocacy, a lot of position paper has been written. Um, our members have formed part of our teams that have you know, been advocating for this very strongly. We know that um, we, we still have some room for improvement in terms of achievement, but we know we have you know, put those issues on the top burner. And virtually every, I mean, everybody knows that there are issues around VAT, custom duty, and the rest. Uh, interestingly, some of the policies that government has crafted um, has made provision for this. For example, the Nigerian Renewable Energy and Energy Efficiency Policy of 2015 has provision for these incentives. Uh, under the Nigerian Investment Promotion Commission also, there are opportunities to assess these incentives. But the major challenge has been implementation. So we are strongly, you know, still pushing. Um, we we almost made a, a win recently, and we still think we have made a win. When um, some renewable energy technologies were exempted from VAT, and then we found out later that um, the Federal Inland Revenue Service Came up with a letter saying um, that is not, you know, correct. But we know that a government gazette is stronger than a letter from FRS. So we're not giving in. We we continue to push. And I can guarantee you another. Uh, I mean, within the next two years of the ESCO, is our mandate is to ensure that these policy provisions, these incentives that have been created, are actually implemented and assessed by our members. So I can guarantee you very soon we will have some wins to to record and to showcase. Okay, we'll take a break now, Mr. Dajan. When we come back, we'll discuss the impact of coronavirus on the RE landscape in Nigeria. This podcast is sponsored by Sterling Bank. Sterling Bank is committed to being at the heart of Nigeria's accelerated development by focusing on health, education, agriculture, renewable energy, and transport sectors of Nigeria. Sterling has invested over $1 million and would be investing another $5 million in the next 24 months to ensure delivery of solar-generated power to factories. Welcome back, Mr. Dachi. As we know, the coronavirus pandemic has altered our perception of normalcy. How has this new normal affected renewable energy developers and would we see an effect in renewable energy acceleration in the coming years? For me, personally, I believe that in every crisis, there will always be an opportunity. Um, so that's the first um, we, uh, we have noticed with the, you know, this pandemic. So during this pandemic, we've seen um, lives being lived in, in not normal ways. So people term it the new normal. So we've seen a situation where renewable energy has taken a major 
position during this period. So, for example, people who are locked down, uh, they are much more at home, and then they need more power. So we find out that most of our members have had more requests for power connections during this period than when um, there was no pandemic. Okay, so the need for energy has increased tremendously. We've also seen the role that renewable energy, particularly decentralized renewables like solar, we've seen the role that it has played very strongly during this period. For example, hiring isolation centers, testing centers, health facilities, Renewables, especially off-grid, has shown the capacity to be deployed within 48-72 hours. So this is the template that we're expecting that will continue even during this period and after. Okay, for example, the Gobi uh, Automatic Center in Lagos went quickly on uh, you know, a solar deployment by one of our members. Okay, and we've also seen several of our members supporting government in Lagos, in your state, in I mean across the country by deploying you know, decentralized renewables. So it's been a challenging period for everyone, for the whole world. But for, for me, I've seen, I mean, I'm seeing more opportunities of renewable energy taking a leading role in creating energy access in the nearest future. So we're going to see more of schools, hospitals, health facilities, especially primary health centers, deploying off-grid, off particularly off-grid renewable energy uh, technology. So it's going to be a new normal, really. We're going to see more of deployment of those technologies in the nearest future in Nigeria. So it has brought renewable energy to the forefront of the solution to the energy challenges that we have in Nigeria. You mentioned earlier that Shuyan is vast in about five renewable energy technologies. The space currently is heavily focused on solar grid solutions. Does RIAN have any blueprints to address or incorporate other technologies like wind, bioenergy, and hydropower? Okay, right. Um, the Renewable Energy Association of Nigeria revolves around and focuses on about five technologies, and this is solar, wind, small hydro, bioenergy, and geothermal. Solar seems to be the leading technology being deployed currently, and for so many reasons. Number one, solar technology has matured, and this is global um looks like solar is one technology you can deploy virtually anywhere the solar resource might be different so the solar resource in Bama is definitely different from the one in magodo in lagos but yet you can still deploy solar because where i am right now is completely powered by solar for seven years and it's in lagos that's how it looks like solar is the um leader in terms of deployment but other technologies also have, you know, have their own constraints. So, for example, small hydro. Uh, where I am right now in Magodo in Lagos, I cannot deploy small hydro. But I need a small flowing river around me, so it's a bit restricted. Uh, bioenergy, um, the, the technology is already been deployed, interestingly, in Nigeria. The maturity and cost reflection, I mean, you know, or cost recovery, let me use that word, is also what we need to consider. But strongly, RIAN is focused on these five technologies. And I can tell you we have members who have deployed at least four of the technologies. The only one that is outstanding that we're still toying with is geothermal. So we have members who have done several solar installations. We have members who have done wind uh, installation. For example, Blue Camel um, has done that in, in these 10 apartments in um, Abuja. Okay, a combination of solar, small wind, and um, thermal. That's um, solar water heating. Okay, there's a um, solar farm. In Katina, I think it's 10 megawatt that is still in under construction. Um, we have members who have deployed bioenergy, even for mini grid. For example, Ajima Farms in the outskirts of Abuja runs a mini grid that is powered by uh, bioenergy that is, I mean, waste from agricultural harvest. 
And we, we also have a member who has done a pilot somewhere in my trough in Lagos using um, waste from fruits. This technology is already um, being deployed, but of course, the scale uh, is, is, is still, um, I mean, still needs to be done much more better than we are seeing now. I can guarantee you in the next two years, we have very strong and credible um, case studies to also, additional case studies to add on what the other technologies have done. So we are focused on all these technologies. Um, Off-grid seems to be the leading also, but we also have one or two uh, members who are in the young grid space that we're also engaging with. For example, one of the 14 licensed uh, um, solar power plants. Um, once they come up also, they will be connected to the national grid and then there will be on grid. So that for wind, uh, the wind resource and wind speed in Nigeria might not be as high as um, what you have in Lake Tukana in Kenya. But still, there's opportunity for uh, wind installation in Nigeria. And we're hopeful that in, the, in a couple of years, we will begin to see a lot of these resources are being deployed for the benefit of Nigerians. You've spoken extensively on your plan for the coming years. I just want to ask on a final note, what will be a measure of you and Rian's progress at the end of your current presidential term in two years? Right. Interestingly, I, I, in my campaign uh, for the election, I, I put up what I called Agenda 2022 consolidation. And then we have clear 20 deliverables that we will deliver in the next two years. One of them is to, uh, of course, you know, consolidate RIAN as an association and make it the leading association in Nigeria. That we engage very strongly with government uh, to achieve its objective. Two is to ensure that um, the incentives that are provided in several policies of government are actually implemented. Three, we are looking at a very strong local content component and uh, law for the renewable energy sector, just like we had for. Uh, oil and gas. I mean, we believe in Nigerian companies. We have done very well. We have showed our capacity. So there's no reason why Nigerian companies cannot have a first right of refusal. I'm not saying uh, automatically, but of course, we, we are ready to also compete and prove our capacity against foreign companies. Okay, so local content is what we're looking at. We're looking at strongly uh, setting standards uh, for the tech, for the industry in Nigeria. We don't want a situation where some standard products coming to Nigeria. What cannot get into Ghana, uh, Kenya, uh, or Senegal? Find their way to Nigeria. So we're, we're pushing for very strong adoption of global standards. We're looking at certification. Okay, so uh, we want all industry players to be certi you know, certificated. Uh, we want them to, for example, in some countries, you cannot climb a roof to say you want to install solar power if you don't have a certificate. All right? So we're, we're looking at that in Nigeria. We're looking at um, also having, I mean, I mean, of course, gender mainstreaming very strongly because energy affects, uh, energy poverty affects more, more women than, you know, than men. So we're looking at that uh, very strong. And so many other um, initiatives, like, like I said, that I've put in my 20-point uh, um, agenda for now and year 2022, and I'm happy to share a copy with you. Thank you very much for speaking to us today, Mr. Gadju, and once again, congrats on your re-election. Thank you so much for having me. All episodes of our podcast can be accessed at podcast.nigerelectricityhub.com. Thank you for listening.